No ketchup. No ketchup. Truly good, my people. Welcome in. You know the squad. Big Nick the Quick. Shout out Dak. Free Dak. Eli K. All the boys in here. Chicago Bears are 5-1. and one. We're unbeatable in close games. That's simple as that. Like, that's, that's how I'm looking at it right now. Um, we take care of business in Carolina. The D came out amazing from the first snap. Uh, Big Nick the Quick, we'll start with you. We'll jump right into it. A minute in, feel about the game. How do you feel about the win? Give me your give me your your first take of the W 23-16 over the Panthers. Man, I'm do the same thing as last week. Give it the positivity, man. The Chicago Bears are five and one. Really uh several impressive things about that win. I mean, obviously you can talk about the defense. We can go a whole episode on the defense, just the the way they played, how aggressive they played. I've been saying it forever. Chucky needs to let the boys go. Last couple of weeks, he has 100 percent let the boys go, and they're not, they're not disappointing him. Um, one big thing on the D too, man. Like, I don't know that there is a, a difference between the first couple of weeks and the last couple of weeks, right? And it's not like they were playing bad in the beginning of the season. We talked about the numbers, they're only allowing. 21, 22 points per game. They were playing okay defense, but we were saying they're missing that spark. They're missing that thing that made this the Chicago Bears defense, you know, the takeaways, the aggressive play. And I can't sit here and tell you whether or not he changed anything schematically. I don't I don't have the eye for that. I can't tell you if he's going zone more, man more, whatever the case may be. But what I can tell you is the way that these boys are playing is completely different, right? They are playing aggressive. They are forcing turnovers. I know that sometimes calls for guys to play out of position. I get it. But the boys are hungry. They're out there making big plays. And for this team to win, you know, due to our, uh, call it, inefficiencies on offense, the defense has to show up and be allowed, <laughs> be allowed to play that way, right? They have to be allowed to play that way. you got a defense full of playmakers. Outside of Kyle Fuller, you're not looking at, like, really the most technically sound bunch. So let these guys go out there and freelance. Let them do their thing. Let them go after the quarterback. And it seems like he's done that. And the result is W's against two decent teams, right? Obviously, Tampa Bay last week better than Carolina, but two big wins um, outside of the division. So that's what we need. Offensively, look, man, there's still a lot to be desired. Um, We still need to fix a lot of things on offense. I think we make timely plays when we need to. But overall, in a game where like we really need to bring our offense, I would still be worried about this. But we're not going to focus on the negative right this second. We're going to focus on the positive. This is a championship-level defense. Uh, they're having fun. They're back to club dubbing. And um, the difference between watching a game quarter – last I'm going to say this. The difference between <laughs> watching a game – at some point like in the third quarter, I, I looked at my girl and I was like, man, I'm real calm right now. And I'm like, you know what it is? The difference between watching a game quarterbacked by Nick Foles versus quarterbacked by Mitch Trubisky, it's it's tangible. You can feel it. Like, you're not waiting for the other shoe to drop, even though Foles isn't that great. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not waiting yeah. for that moment where they're not going to convert. You're not coming up to third down being like, fuck, it's time for defense. You know what I mean? It's just it's just such a different feeling. And the Bears I, are five and one. Absolutely. I, a lot of stuff to touch on on what you just said. Kbron, give me uh... – Give me your your first take, and then we could we could break it all down. 
I want to stay positive like Nick was, but my takeaway was that Matt Nagy still is not a comfortable as a head coach. He still makes these puzzling decisions that anyone that's played Madden for a few years would like figure out like <laughs> first drive of the game. They get, they, they have a third down, can't figure out how to line up. They take a timeout, come back out, delay of game. Like these are things that uh, a seasoned coach needs to figure out. Then at the end of the game, he clearly doesn't trust the running game and the offensive line validly might I add, but he still doesn't trust them to pick up two yards. So he throws the ball, stops the clock, gives the ball back to Carolina. Thankfully the defense uh, came through and picked up for the dub before them. Uh, but Matt Nagy still is figuring things out as a coach and it's going to cost the bears. I think eventually because you need to have a coach that's on top of it. You saw in the Titans Texans game, Mike Vrabel basically outsmarted the Texans and, and won that game for them. Meanwhile, the Bears are tripping over themselves and, and stumbling into wins, which is, is good. It means that there's room for improvement, but I want to see more out of the head coach uh, moving forward. I think that's perfect because we, we're going to obviously talk about the positive and then we'll get into the negative as well. Let's start with the positive and then we'll, we'll get to what you said. I think you both made valid points, Kebron. I think let me hold my take on, on Nagy and how he's been going about his business um, until we get to the negative, but the positive. Nick, you mentioned the defense being allowed to play like that. They need to play like that for us to win. It's simple as that. Like as this team is constructed and how we've been on offense, if the team if the D doesn't play like that, we don't win. We get a big turnover early in Tampa Bay, we win the game. We get a massive turnover uh yesterday to, on, on the opening drive, we win the game. Never never give the lead back. It it, it is tough to focus on the positive because it does seem like we're backing into wins but we're winning close games we're winning one possession games up there i think we're us in like tennessee or something are are the teams that are winning i think that we're both four and one in like one possession games or something like that but nick ever since you mentioned i, I can't remember the what word did you use about the d they need to get aggressive or they need to do you remember exactly what you said? I feel like since you said that, that's exactly what they've done on D. I don't know, but I mean, I know it was it was probably a couple of weeks ago, and we were just, you know, again, the, the, the numbers, when you pulled out the Stapier numbers, like it was like, oh, this is a really good on-paper defense. That's why we're going into primetime games. Like, this is a top-five defense. But if you were watching it, it's like, no, 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 something's really missing. So I know I said they need to be more aggressive was the biggest thing that I, I think that, that uh, he was not letting the dogs loose. Yeah. Um, like he needs to be because again these guys are playmakers man you can't sit up here and try to over scheme with these guys and play this this perfectly sound technical defense you know Baltimore Ravens 2001 situation like that's not what they're going to do they're not going to go over there and hold guys to 20 yards rushing they're not going to go over there and you know not let a quarterback get his yards this defense is just, it's a bend don't break defense like we see it they get you down to the red zone, and then you come away with three. That is ultimately what they're looking to do. But in between that, they're waiting for you to make a mistake. And that mistake is caused by pressure. And that mistake is caused by having a ball-hawking safety who is allowed to roam and break off from his coverage to go make a play if he sees ball. And you have to allow them to do that. And both of those things have to work. The rush has to come, which we've been getting the last couple of weeks. That was the biggest thing. The pass rush in the beginning of the year was not there. And this team is not going to win without pressure. Right. And you look at the last couple of weeks, whether it's Quinn, whether it's Mac, whether it's Hicks, but they even blitzed Roquan yesterday uh, at the goal line. You know, when these guys are coming and bringing pressure, that that's when this team makes its play. And you got to live with the results. It's not like they give up a ton of big plays. 
right? Like they don't. So just, just live with the results of letting those guys go. Understand that, like, yeah, you might you might get into some shit or you might get six. And I thought the, the big plays that they did give up were really perfectly thrown balls by Bridgewater. And at that point, you just tip your cap and you're like, all right, nice play next time. Like they put Johnson on the island. They put Fuller on the island. Nobody seems to know anymore what is pass interference these days. So you have talented defensive backs go out there and make their plays. I thought they did a really good job on defense getting after Bridgewater. That's a guy that's given them trouble in the past, but they put him, they contained him. Uh, I think it was four sacks, two interceptions. So, yeah, a really nice effort by the defense. And, and like Nick said, that's the kind of team that this Bears team needs to be because um, if, they're, if they're letting up touchdowns instead of field goals, the offense can't keep up. So if they're going to do that bend-but-don't-break thing, force the opposing quarterback to make mistakes, that's where the Bears can capitalize. Yeah, Carolina inside the red zone had two possessions uh, of over 10 plays where we and we they had t- multiple drives of over 10 plays inside the red zone, and we didn't give up six on both of those drives. So, yeah, Ben, but don't break. But I got a question. Yeah. So, on the, on Bridgewater yesterday, and is this just something with the Bears? I have never seen him run that much. I was going to say, bro. I have I, never I seen him run that much, ever. I honestly <laughs> didn't know that he could move like that. Yeah. You like, really want to know. Yeah. I was, I was, was that a game plan thing, or was that just <laughs> him not seeing anything? Because I, I, it seemed like every other play, he was he was – Tucking and running like that's what he does. And I'm like, right. not Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, no, I think he was getting a lot of pressure, and he was stepping up in the pocket, and he was seeing lanes, and he was taking them. Yeah, but he was he, he was running, eight. and he wasn't eight. sliding either. No, he was running. No, <laughs> he yeah. was like, running. I was like, what is this? And I'm yeah. watching my girl. She's like, oh, is this guy like a runner? I'm like, absolutely not. He's <laughs> yeah. a statue. Like he didn't go anywhere. Yeah, right. yeah. I thought that I thought that was interesting. And then you brought up uh, J. Lon and Kyle Fuller. This this is a question I had for you guys when I was watching the game, because I've noticed this the last couple weeks and he's definitely responding to it, but teams are targeting Jalen Johnson, right? Is that more of a function of him being a rookie or the fact that he plays opposite Kyle Fuller? Cause it seems like every game weekend and week out, he is getting target challenged. Like they were throwing a DJ Moore left and right yesterday. Um, and, and, Johnson made some plays, obviously, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 he just seems like he's getting targeted. I think it's a little bit of both, right? He's a rookie, and there's only two sides of the field. And if you want to go up the seam, you gotta. I mean, you're you're not throwing you're, that fuller. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, you shouldn't be, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's a little bit of both. Like, let's target the young guy, and let's try not to target Kyle Fuller. I'll say this: they are targeting him, but he's been holding his own. And like mm-hmm. you said, Cameron, I don't. It's it's literally impossible to play cornerback in the NFL. I don't even know how these guys they deal were, with this shit yeah. on a weekly basis. It's it seems impossible. I know there was a little bit of argument. I was on Twitter and and talking about the PI call. I thought it was a terrible call. Um, he did hook his hand, but that happens all day long. Well, all that shit is incidental. It just happens. It's like, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Well, so, there was the one where Robbie Anderson hooked Jalen's hands, Jalen Johnson, and they called it on Johnson. Like, how do you win, like, as a defensive back? The one on Fuller, it looked like he led with his shoulder and that they intercepted it, and the refs were just like, nope, never mind. We're going to just scratch that and, and give the ball back to Carolina. Like, I don't understand how you, you play that position. Yeah, Kyle no. Fuller gets penalized every week on some bullshit. Like on he's some just going out there, he's yeah. just going out there <laughs> trying to play ball. And if he hits someone, he's penalized. If, if, if he plays D, he's penalized. Like the Bears in general, um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we watch them so much. But I feel like they get so many big penalties in he, big spots. And, he's yeah. literally – Kyle Fuller is trying to turn his whole body 
so he doesn't touch anything with his head and he's still getting penalties. Yeah. Like he's literally and, hey, and I'm going to tell you this. He's also dropping the hammer so crazy that the refs feel like they need to like do something. Yeah, exactly. Because he's popping, right. he's popping boys out there. Like, the dude was shook up. He's like, he must have been a, a penalty. Has, <laughs> has, has to be head the way the way he just hit that textbook tackler. Textbook. Literally textbook tackler. Like yeah, go back to old school pee wee football drills. Like <laughs> yeah. get in front of your man, break down, drop like that. That he is a yeah. textbook tackler. I mean, like, go he's, back. He's to last such a week. good football player. They on, on the fumble, he popped dude, and they they threw a flag just because it's like just because uh, he's yeah. too hard for that to be clean. Yeah, he's hitting this dude too hard for that to be clean. Doesn't it's, it doesn't like, even make any sense? Would, would Rodney Harrison make it three weeks in twenty twenty NFL? Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> he was already the most fine player in NFL history in that era. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, Adele would come and be like, "Yeah, no, we're not." He would Rod- he would Bontez perfect them. Rodney Rodney <laughs> Harrison would wouldn't make it three possessions. <laughs> Forget him. We couldn't could make it through practice. Mark, yeah. Mark Carrier, he would just like spear dudes. It's like, no, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All these launch. Who was the guy the Bears used to? Uh, Merriweather. Remember him? Brandon oh, my Merriweather? God. <laughs> yeah. No skills at all. Just, yeah, just the dude, was, yeah. He was just lo- diving at people. Like, <laughs> having no clue what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we're five and one. We are. Nick Foles' big theme. <laughs> In his presser and his quotes post game, I was reading were the win ugly thing. First off, I think for me, his I, I couldn't tell you how many times in his post game stuff that he was talking about winning ugly. Like, would you rather win ugly or lose? I rather win ugly. Stop even addressing <laughs> winning ugly. Just say we like we won the game. Like right. the offense, we're working on the offense. It needs to get better. I agree. But we're working on winning games. Stop even address. It's all. It's it's like the same thing when I hear Nagy go crazy in press conferences and he's addressing every little detail of every question from every reporter. I'm like, bro, just stop entertaining this. We're five and one. It's a great team win. The defense played great. We're gonna get back in the gym. Try to get better on offense. Forget about winning ugly. We won five and one. Period. Just lock in that way. Say that. <laughs> um, I think to talk about Nick Foles for a second. I mean, this is Nick Foles. He's going to throw for 215 yards, one touchdown, one interception. When when we need, a, he he steps up in bigger plays, like the throw to to a Rob earlier or uh, yesterday on third and seven. This is just what it is. The pick he threw was very Trubisky like. It was egregious. So awful. I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. What was that play call too? I mean, why, why were we even coming out doing that? I don't understand. It was yeah. an egregious pick. It was an egregious play call. We should have never been in that position. Was, there was no reason to go downfield at that point in time. Yeah. That was, was a naggy. That was a naggy. For, that was a Matt Nagy special. But no, yeah, he cannot throw that ball. Yeah, he cannot throw that ball. We'll get to and we'll get to Nagy here mm-hmm. in a second. But this is what he is. But like you said, quick, when it seems like it's a big moment or we need or it's a big spot in the game, he's very cool. He's very calm. And you know that he's going to make the right decision. I think the biggest thing, too, is he was take, he was getting a fair amount of pressure yesterday. Yeah. It didn't take one sack. Yep. Not one sack. I, I can, I, And I don't even want to say this guy's name, but Trubisky in those spots takes at least two or three sacks. I have no doubt in my mind. So he gets rid of the ball. He makes, he makes good decisions, especially in crunch moments like the wheel route last week to Montgomery. That's what this is Nick Foles. This is the quarterback he is. This is who we're going to get. And I remember when we first signed Nick Foles, <clears throat> I said he's not a showstopper, but 
with this D, the way this D can play and what they're starting to kind of ramp up and show you is that's all we need. Just don't take sacks, get rid of the ball, and try not to throw turn the ball over like you did yesterday, and we can make some noise. He, he has a tan. Mitch Trubisky, again, we were going to leave him alone. Maybe after this episode we don't say his name, but <laughs> – um, he didn't have the intangibles. Like again, Nick Nick Foles is not the most talented guy. I don't want to go for Nick Foles for the next four years. I'm, I think we still need to obviously solve our, our problem at quarterback long term. But again, like watching that game yesterday and just not having that feeling of like crazy anxiety, just waiting for something stupid to happen or something where we're just like, man, that guy's wide open. We overthrow him by forty yards, or we we don't we don't look at our second receiver or whatever it might be. There's the little things that Mr. Trubisky just couldn't do. Um, and he just he didn't make you feel comfortable watching the game. He yeah. did not make you feel comfortable watching the football game, and I didn't have that feeling yesterday with Foles. I was like, all right, we're going to win. You know, we're going to be all right. It might not be the prettiest thing. We talk about winning ugly, whatever it might be. It's a W. Like, I'll take it. With, with, with Trubisky, some of these games are losses. Let's just call it what it is. These are losses. We, we Who knows if we win last week? Who knows if we win yesterday? Because it's such a toss-up of what you're going to get um, really from drive to drive with Trubisky, and I can't live like that. The Jonathan Vilma, who's announced, I feel like every Bears game this season. Oh my season, god, <laughs> Mr. Captain Obvious! Like he kept kind of referring to Nick Foles as like he was like Clay Thompson or something. Like he was like this, like catch fire three point shooter that like would like get on these streaks. To me, Nick Foles is like the ultimate. Like if he's open, he'll make it, and if he's not open, it's not going in. Kind of shooter. Like I'm trying to think of a parallel, like a. Uh, DJ Augustine or something like that. Like he's not like making his own plays. He's just like, if Allen Robinson's open, he has the arm strength and accuracy to hit him. But if there's a zone coverage or someone in his way, it's probably not going to be completed. Like he is serviceable, but the bears need to have a better balance on offense. If they're going to keep winning, because I just don't see Foles marching this team down the field in Lambo or something down six with two minutes to go. Like, that's just not the kind of quarterback that I feel that he is right now, especially with the weapons that the Bears have. Yeah, well, listen, I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit because I've his whole life, his whole quarterback career, I've seen him make plays when they need to be made. We, we're down three touchdowns in Atlanta, and he goes and gets us four. Yeah, so, that's fair. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I – if if we needed a two-minute drive in, in Green Bay to win the division or something like that, I mean, I, I I feel like my confidence is not like we have Aaron Rodgers. But. but with this offensive line and these receivers, like, I just don't – he looks at Graham, he looks at Robinson, and then he's like, okay, well, I don't know where else to go. Yeah, like, no, and, and, and I feel that, but I think – I mean, listen, the offense has been pitiful. So, like, yeah. let's, let's not – let's be clear. But to to if we needed a drive, like Nick said, I, I'm a little more calm when when he's out there than other people. And I trust him to make the right decision. I, exactly, and I think right. he'll go down and make a play if we need to, for sure. I, th- I think one thing that we've added with him too that I've liked the last couple of weeks has been the emergence of, uh, and there's only been a few plays here and there, but Montgomery in the passing game. Yeah, you had a good one yesterday. You had a, that we over out last week. Like I don't know if that's a fools, you know, checking checking out. I know last week he checked out of it, right? That was uh, the one that uh, Manuel Acho broke down on TV. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's what happened with the one yesterday too, but he's obviously seeing that. I mean, that's opening up another dimension. So when you talk about him looking at Robinson and looking at Graham, he's obviously looking at Montgomery too. We can't get Mitch to look past his first guy, <laughs> right? let alone the second or the safety valve, right? So it's, it's almost, you know, like, yeah, to Sean's point, I just, I feel more comfortable 
with him back there. I feel more comfortable. I, I think he has more of a chance to make the right decision. One thing on Jonathan Vilma, real quick, Fox, <laughs> CBS, whoever, whoever's giving them to us, <laughs> stop, bro. We're I, I tweeted yesterday, we're five and one. We're four and one. Why are we still getting Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma? The best Vilma moment yesterday after Bridgewater threw the pick at the end of the game, Bridgewater, <laughs> Vilma proudly declares, this game is over. It's like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, we like, understand, yes. We get it. Thank you, Jonathan Vilma. Yes, it's, it's over. Usually oh, we throw an interception funny. with 14 <laughs> seconds left in the game. It's it, Typically no one comes back from that. So, yeah, it's over. Yeah, it, I, it, He's so bad. Loved Vilma him as a player. Got, they railroaded him in New Orleans, but so bad. They did railroad him in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, four, yeah, four catches for Montgomery for 40 yards. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he's to he's, me that's an extension of the running game because they don't trust offensive line to run straight ahead. So they're like, let's get the ball to Montgomery out in space, which I think is a smart idea, but it speaks more to the Bears' issues again. But it works. It works though, right? And that's also a loss that the loss of Tariq Cohen, I think, is where you'll see that also that he's the now pass catching running back is Montgomery. And if you're naggy though, to, to your point, Connor, it's just a more of a, a reflection of what we can't do. If you're naggy, that's what you have to do. Then you got to look For at what sure. you can do, what you can't do. And try to make up for what you can't do with what you can't do, right? So if you can't run the ball for more than five yards, then let's start getting the running back involved in five, six-yard pass routes. Let's start getting the tight end involved in shorter things. Uh, Sean's boy Cole Komet available oh, yesterday. Apparently. Available, he yeah. was available. He, he was here. Did you um, notice? Yeah. Did you notice in the first half they did that swing pass to Miller, and then like a Madden play, they did the exact same play that to the other side. Like they're just like, let's just try it again. Like let's keep running it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> they broke, don't fix it. I mean, the playbook. Yeah. I'm sure Nagy's playbook is 400 pages, and he's realized <laughs> with this team you can use about 60 of them. <laughs> yeah, that's just where you are. You know. Salute Cole Komet, first NFL touchdown yesterday. Hey, let's get you a touchdown and then go to you one more time. <laughs> yeah. And then sit down the rest of the game, please. According to you, it's his first NFL snap, too. Right? Yeah, I've never that's my first time seeing buddy. When he caught that and he and, and he got up and I saw the back of his jersey, I was like, no fucking way. Cole Komet. That's, that's Cole Komet. <laughs> learned something about yesterday. He grew up a Bears fan. He's from uh yeah. he's from somewhere in uh, Illinois, right? What do you mean you just learned that? Where where have I, you I been? think I remember that's that when he got drafted, about. but I wasn't paying attention. There's no the there's only no story like coverage. Thing. Yeah, nah, I mean, I'm not paying attention to Cole Komet storylines. That's the only. That's but the I, only thing I've. That's, I've told. I mean, you I assume when he went to Notre Dame, Dame, he's he's from the area. People don't really travel to Notre Dame outside of Jimmy Clausen. Another Bears Panthers connection. Yeah, yeah there we go. Is, that is a Bears Panthers connection. The, the kid with the golden arm. Uh huh. Wow. Oh, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, I got. I go deep back. Man, that was supposed to be Joe Montana. I remember they uh, were hyping him so. Supposed to look that biggest outside of California ever. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Go ahead, Eli. He rolled up to Notre Dame in a limo. Like, he was like, I want, I'm want, i going to win three Heismans. It's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, he, and, and he left in a bus. Yeah. <laughs> Pulled up in a limo, left, left, in a left in a bus. Like, thank you. The Panthers yeah. took him in the second round, and then a year later, they're like, no, nah, we need to take Cam. Like, oh this is God. not working. <laughs> oh, he stayed in the league for a few years, though. Yeah. He got some checks. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Jimmy Clausen. I was not expecting to hear Jimmy Clausen's name this morning. Actually. Man, we've had a Jimmy Clausen and a DJ Augustine reference today, so I think we're on our way. <laughs> okay, let's get to let's get to Matt Nagy. I, I'm going to open it by saying this: this is how this is what this is the conclusion that I've come to with Matt Nagy. He doesn't have great feel in game. He has zero. Uh, feel for kind of what's going on in the game and and what he should be doing. I think it affects his 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 play calling, his decision making whether to go for it on fourth or not. 
should I be running in this spot to, to make them burn the timeout? I think he doesn't. The way the defense was playing, it's an obvious run to make them burn the timeout. It's not even a question. Like he would, he, he's, it was very apparent that the D was on the D from the first snap was on the Panthers ass from the beginning. And don't, don't, don't put them in a, listen, we already lean on them all day long. Don't put them at a even more disadvantage disadvantage by leaving Teddy with a timeout and a minute 30. I think that's the biggest thing. Back to back weeks. Yeah. Um, what how do you feel how do you feel about that where are you at uh we'll start with you Eli where are you at with how that's how I feel that's my conclusion that his feel for in game and how it's going and what should be happening is off so I feel there's a combination of factors and I think I hit on it earlier one is that he just doesn't trust the offense he doesn't have faith that the offense can deliver in that situation especially the offensive line and the run game to pick up those two yards and run the clock and do that thing the second is I sometimes feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There's We've talked about this a couple weeks ago. There's Filippo, who's the passing game coordinator. There's Laser, who's the offensive coordinator. There's Nagy, who's the play caller. When it comes time to get the play in, who is talking to Nick Foles and relaying the information? Because you saw it at the beginning of the game with that the timeout and then the delay of game. You saw it at the end of the game where they weren't sure how to line up. It's it just... Sometimes you need to have the person in charge make the call, and that should be Matt Nagy, and I don't know if that's him or not, but there needs to be some line of communication to the quarterback as to what's going to happen. Um, and, and as for his feel for the game, yeah, it, it's come up time and time again. Like He does not believe in running the clock out and making teams burn their timeouts, which I just don't understand why you would put your defense, like you said, in a hole and give the other team the, their timeout in their pocket when you can take it away. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I'm all for zigging when folks zag and trying to do some different things and all that. <laughs> but we've been watching football now for like 100 years. And in that situation, there's just never any any situation in which you don't run the clock out in that, in that, in that, in that situation, right? They got one timeout, a little bit of time. Even if you don't pick up, even if you don't convert, you got to look at it like what is the worst case scenario of each one, right? Throw a pass. The worst case scenario is you throw an interception, pick six, goes the other way, right? Second worst case scenario is throw an incompletion. You stop the clock. You give them the ball back with a minute and 20-something seconds and a timeout, right? Worst case scenario, you run the football. You don't pick up any yards. You force them to burn their timeout, and you end up punting anyways. Same thing, except for now you've burnt some clock and some timeout. So in that situation, I'm not really sure what you're trying to accomplish. Just go ahead and win the ball game. We were on our way to a victory. Just go ahead. Do what you got to do. Follow the conventional wisdom of what everybody else has done over the last hundred years in this situation. Run the ball. Run the clock out. Don't get cute. Is I don't he... see any other way that you don't do that. Same thing with last week. We talked about last week in the fourth quarter, some of those drives, and really at the end of the game when you inexplicably give Tom Brady 90 seconds. You know, you just – you don't do this. Like, luckily, yesterday it was Teddy Bridgewater, and he showed you who he is and gave the ball right back. But yeah. the D, there's no the D, real logic. The D bailed us out both times. There's no exactly. And to Sean's point earlier, why do you keep putting your defense in positions like that? Right. Like if you're a defensive player, like, look, man, we just pitched a shutout. You know what I mean? Like, why are you putting us back out there? Why? Why? Just just do what makes sense. Run the ball. You might pick up three. You might not. But damn, you're going to burn the clock. You're going to burn that time out and you're going to make it a lot harder for them to come back and win this ball game and get that extra touchdown. So 
Um, yeah, overall, I agree with some of the feel for the game stuff. I will push back a little bit, though, um, on the fact I tweeted this out yesterday. Despite an abundance of mistakes and, you know, odd things, he's 25 and 13 as a head coach. Oh, for sure. That means something. Uh, he's obviously figures out a way to win in spots where a lot of coaches can't figure out how to win. No, Sean doesn't want to hear this. Well, no, but, but listen, um, go ahead. I, I, got, yeah. I, I got some takes on that because go ahead. But yeah, in situational football, um, luckily we haven't been in those big spots where it's going to come back and bite us. But this is the Andy Reid, the Bill O'Brien. You get down into playoff games where it really matters and you start making blunders like this. And that's when you really get that rep, Mike McCarthy. You really get that reputation as a guy who cannot manage a game to a win. So I don't think it's come back to where we can point to a loss and say, hey, because Nagy did this unconventionally, it cost us a game. But to Eli's point, yeah, it might end up biting us back in the ass. It has not yet, though. So 25 and 13 as a head coach, or is Fangio, like, do you know what I'm saying? This is the thing, bro. So, like, to say he's 25 and 13 as a head coach, to say he's 25 and 13 as a head coach, you guys, you're good. He's okay. 25 and 13 <laughs> as a head coach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 25 and 13 as a head coach. He, I, that, for, when you said that, it rubbed me the wrong way because the guy comes in as the offensive guru. Who are all these offensive gurus and we don't score any points and we're literally <laughs> winning every game 21 19. So, yeah, he's 25 and 13, but the defense has been carrying him the entire way. And he hasn't had a quarterback. I, I, I mean, I will say that. It's been tough. But there's a lot of situations where <coughs> he doesn't help. And the defense has carried us throughout his tenure. And we haven't put up any points. Yeah, he's not perfect. But you've seen bad head coaching where it literally costs you games week in and week out. I'm, I'm telling you, look at the Bill O'Briens of the world. Look at these guys who, you know, the, the Mike McCarthy's, these guys who you've watched them in big moments not know how to coach a football game and it ends up costing your team. Right. So like, I think you can nitpick on Nagy and you can find some things that he's not great at. Yeah. He's an offensive guru with no offense. I get it. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, whatever he's doing over there in Hallis hall, they've won 25 games so far over the last three seasons that he's been there. Right. He's won 67% of the games that he's coached in, regardless of if it's, if it's his offense, his defense his whatever he's doing in that building. They're coming out with W's. You talk about these close victories, right? And how many of the Bears have won. And we're tied with whoever for these close victories. That's coaching because those can obviously go the other way. And let's not understate the fact that he has won 25 games without a competent NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, to, to that point, you look at the Bears' track record this year. Week one, they probably lose if Matt Patricia makes any sort of adjustments in the fourth quarter. Bad coach. Bad one. coach. <laughs> All right, week three. Dan Quinn, who's already been fired, but again, no adjustments in the fourth quarter. Week five against the Bucs, if Bruce Arians has any discipline on that team, well, yesterday they showed it, but they, they committed penalty after penalty and just were sloppy. Like, sometimes it's just not being the dumbest coach on the field will get you the win. Like, it's not like these people are like Mensa candidates out here. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just basic math and understanding of situational football that I think Nagy can improve upon. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, what do you think about what Eli said with too many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, I, I think that that stuff like that shows itself in the delay of game after the timeout. It shows itself with, with I think, I, when you were talking about that, I thought about Nick Foles last week arguing with Nagy on the sideline 
right? When the obvious thing was to keep going in the hurry up. And is that a symptom of maybe too many cooks in the kitchen to maybe too many people saying, hey, we should slow this down, get back into our huddle. Who knows? Um, so I haven't seen that problem up front, but I also haven't been looking for it. Um, but if that's the case, yeah, 100% Nagy needs to be the one calling the plays because this is his offense. Those guys need to be working throughout the week, working with the quarterbacks, working with receivers, working with the offensive line, drawing up protections, scheming the run game. That's their job. But Matt Nagy is here to be a play caller. Um, and then that's 100% what he should be doing. And he shouldn't be allowing these guys to cloud his vision on the field there. Yeah. But overall, 25 and 13. I mean, like, let's, let's again, I'm, and I'm Mr. Bears negativity. Check, watch the film. We talk about it all the time. You can go back the last three years. I told you guys at the beginning of the year, we're going to win three ball games. So trust me, I have plenty of things I'm not happy about with this team. But at the end of the day, man, they keep winning. He keeps winning. Um, he's obviously doing something. I don't know if he had a conversation with Pagano, like, look, our offense sucks ass. You need to go ahead and just let them go out and play D. But again, he's doing something. I don't think he's like a Jason Garrett where it no. was hard to really figure out what he was doing over the last four <laughs> years. You know what I mean? I don't think he was Hugh Jackson, um, you know, but I think he's actually involved. He's doing things. He has tons of things that he can improve on. A hundred percent. He needs to take a class in situational football. He needs to take a class in proper calling of running plays, um, you know, different things like that. But look, let's give him credit, man. He hooked Trubisky, which we all asked for. Yeah. Right. He has made some adjustments offensively yesterday as far as getting out the running game, but going to those short passes involving David Montgomery. He's found a way to get Jimmy Graham involved. Guys are developing under him. Shout out Darnell Mooney. If you had told me that Darnell Mooney would be the Bears' number two receiver and the sixth week of the season and that he looks like a stud or at least a very capable number two behind Allen Robinson, I mean, those things all matter. Those things are all on the coaching staff. I know yesterday they had a tough day with the offensive line, but overall this year, between last year and this year, the offensive line has improved dramatically. We could not protect the quarterback last year. And when you got Nick Foles and Mr. Trubisky back there, you better protect those guys because they're not going to make plays. So little things like that, he has made improvements with this football team. We can't sit around and act like he hasn't. Have you guys heard anything about the Allen Robinson contract situation? We're just going to let this shit – we're going to let one of our best players play the whole year without a deal and then have him pissed off at us at the, in the offseason. That, that looks like the play, huh? That's the Bears. Yeah, like and anger the whole locker room in the process. Yeah. yeah um, great, great, great idea. <laughs> have, have you heard anything about it I, it seems like the kind of story no. came up but it seems hey, like, like they're talking but like they're not they're like completely so far apart that it's not even a not discussion yeah and nick i thought about you when i was thinking about that situation when you don't pay your you don't pay your best guy you kind of just let it linger but winning solves everything and it's the storyline kind of fades away like if we were one in five it would be a bigger conversation for him he'd be talking it'd be, it'd be a bigger deal right. you're five and one it's like oh i mean I, I get a deal i guess when i get it but like it's not as big a deal when you're you're winning games every single week i mean you know he could also pull the old you know it's time to go out for the third quarter i'll coach Miami. it's a little right. tight it's a little but tight you know what fix it some direct deposit might fix it though the alshon <laughs> hold out baby <laughs> But yeah, yeah that's Alshon, what, Alshon was all. Yeah, let's not even get started on that. Yeah. <laughs> but that type of stuff would happen if you were one and five. Yeah. You're five and one in first you'd place. Hear, you'd hear about the trade deadline coming up too. Like, oh, I wonder if the Bears can get a second round pick for him, something right. like that. Yeah, because well, exactly. it comes off as selfish. You start talking. I even like it was funny. I didn't. I didn't think this, but I could see how some people would start going this way. Like, if you saw Eddie Jackson was obviously pissed off yesterday. He was tweeting up a storm about how he should have eight touchdowns and 
you know, a whole bunch of shit about pass interference. He did tweet, I'm happy about the W, but, you know, you could tell he was a little bit pissed off. But still, the media sees shit like that. They run with it. Why isn't he celebrating with his teammates? So if A-Rob makes a big stink when they're coming back and they're winning all these ball games and all that, he's just going to get he's just gonna get dragged for it. But they know. They know. Pay A-Rob, man. Stop bullshitting. I don't know who else you're paying yeah. on offense. Yeah, like, pay, yeah. pay A-Rob, dude. Just stop bullshitting. <laughs> no, seriously. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, not even Stop messing around, bro. Sorry. And he's the type of receiver I think he's going to age well. Like, he doesn't rely on, like, some crazy physical attributes. You know what I mean? Like, he's a good athlete, but he's just a, a good receiver who goes out there and gets it and plays hard. Teammates like him, represents the community. I don't know I don't know what else they want, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good It's not point. like the Bears have a long story history of developing wide receivers. Like, yeah. come on. Like, just pay the man his money and keep him in the lineup for as long as possible. I, hey, look, I if you're going to go get the guy – just pay him and keep him here keep him moving like what are we doing here like you went and got the guy to be the number one receiver he's been the number one receiver he's produced like a number one receiver he's literally despite your quarterbacks despite your quarterback he's by far the best player on offense He's probably left. He's probably left 600 yards out on the field due to bad quarterback play. Let's be honest here. Pay, I mean, how many touch? How many touchdowns is, is Allen Rock should he have with a with a with a, a C level quarterback? Like, come on, stop playing here. He's never had a quarterback. His whole that's been his whole career. career. Yeah, yeah, his whole career. Yeah, he's played with he played with Blake Bortles, Bortles Mitch Trubisky, and and uh, what's his and face, he, Nick Foles. And in college, uh, what's it? Hackenberg, Christian Hackenberg. Oh my god, <laughs> terrible. Yo, we got Hackenberg. We're talking about number one college, high school recruits that just did not work out. Was Hackenberg, was Hackenberg a big time, uh, big time recruit for Penn State? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, fuck Penn State. You already know how <laughs> yeah. I feel about them boys, man. I hope they never. They shouldn't be allowed to play sports. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah, don't get Nick going up. Yeah, I'm a big anti. I'm a big anti Penn State guy. <laughs> I'm with you. Like Bears, yeah. Bears have the Rams next week on Monday night, which is God. awesome because we're just because the Rams looked like shit yesterday. They looked really bad yesterday. Nothing, nothing, nothing better for an opportunistic defense than Jared Goff. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's gonna ser- he's gonna serve you up some opportunity. But nothing worse than for an offensive line than Aaron Donald. I will yeah. say that that's facts. true too. And big facts. But I'll say this about golf. I've never seen a quarterback in NFL history be coached through like the whole play like this guy does. He literally walked. It's like the Big 12 when you know when they look to the sideline and they come back. You know, like Oregon when they're holding up the signs. Yeah, like- it's like this guy literally Sean McVay is talking to that guy until they cut the mic off. Yeah. Like every single play. I've never seen anything like it. I don't, I don't see, I don't think he does. It seems like he doesn't do too much of anything. But Maybe that means it's mental with him. He's got, I mean, he's got a fucking cannon when he when he lets it go. Um, so man, maybe that's the thing. Maybe he just mentally is just not yeah, not true. able to comprehend what's going on out there. It's like Jared, just trust your arm. You know, this is gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Like, all right, Mc, coach, got you. McVay <laughs> has been a godsend for him. Got him paid. He would have been out of the league without McVay, or not yeah, out of the league, but he would have been a backup. You saw him with the with the little uh, putt putt golf at his crib and everything. Yeah, he's chilling. He's, he's got the model <laughs> chick. He's got the putt putt golf. Man, he's like, this is great. I'm Jared Goff. He's like, winning in life. Yeah, <laughs> this is excellent. Sure. <laughs> yeah, loser on the field. Whatever. <laughs> Okay, let me let's close it out with this. Is it something or nothing? I guess we could we'll angle it that way. Brady gets a massive win. We needed the Packers to lose, and that was so that was awesome to watch. I tweeted out Bears are five and one, and the Green Bay is getting their doors blown off on national television. This is a great day. He gets a big win, 38 to 10. He goes out, talks to 
Aaron Rodgers at midfield, gives him a hug, talks to him for a little bit, pats him on the back, leaves. Last week, doesn't show Nick Foles any love, runs off. I know he did the the fourth the the fourth down blunder. He had that. Maybe he was angry. Something or nothing that Brady gives love to A-Rod, but doesn't give any love to Foles. Nick. Nothing. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's Nick Foles. He's gonna he, he can't not say what's up to Aaron Rodgers. It's just not and they won. <laughs> Nothing. If, he, if they had won it, if they had won it, he didn't say anything to Aaron Rodgers, I'd be like, oh wow, Brady's Brady's full <laughs> asshole this year. But no, I think last week he was pissed off. I think last week he was embarrassed and wanted to get off the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's probably some petty bullshit between them, but it doesn't it's just how competitors I feel like are. They're not gonna say what's up after being humiliated and embarrassed. So But that's kind of for for for, for Tom, like that's kind of petty. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. he's always been kind of like that, I feel like. Yeah. I just I don't I didn't like to see it. I don't like it. I don't like that he played. I mean, he essentially I, I understand he wants to get off the field, but dog literally he he's probably gonna shake the, the, the quarterback's hand after the other 15 games he plays. Well, and Foles is sitting out there looking for him, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that Nick Foles and Tom Brady will never, ever talk again, and that was probably the last conversation they were ever going to have. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was was interesting, but I don't – I mean, there's no way – I'll put it this way. There's no way he wasn't going to go say what's up to Aaron Rodgers. I don't there's know, There's just man. too it, much respect between, no, between I, the situation. I, no, Both California I mean, guys, like, yeah, they're – Dude, I – if – when Tom Brady and – Aaron Rodgers are talking. They when Nick Foles' name they come up, he's like, dude, fuck that guy. He stinks. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. I mean, I don't need to talk to this so guy. like Oop. these are different caliber. I get that, but come on, dog. You still got to go in. You still got to go and say what's up to him. I I think that's some petty shit. You 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 lose a game. You don't go say what's up to the quarterback, and he beats you in the Super Bowl. So there's a little bit of an angle to it. But you get a huge win, and then you you can't wait to get over there and talk to a Rod. It's kind of that's Tom though. Tom has been show people people. Try to people got don't don't Tom Brady's an asshole. Some people like when he was yelling last week. Oh, I can't believe Tom Brady's yelling. Where, where the fuck have you been? Tom yeah. Brady's been undressing folks yeah. on the sideline <laughs> for twenty years. Like he's that's just kind of how he is, man. He comes from Belichick and them. So yeah, that's, I hear you, but I'm not I'm not prepared to make anything out of it. It was funny to see Foles just kind of like like that was yeah. yeah. Ask Jimmy Garoppolo if he's always been nice to other quarterbacks. Like no, that's how Brady is. Yeah, yeah. He's just a surly, surly guy, just with nice clothes. I think that's why it was crazy that <laughs> him and Bill got a, a surly guy with nice clothes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you think he's going to be nice. He's got, the, he's got a fedora and everything. You're like, oh, it's time for He just walks right past you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Nothing nothing there. I thought it was interesting. Um, Seemed deliberate now. I didn't think it was deliberate then. But the way he ran up and talked to A-Rod, I thought it might have been some COVID stuff, too. Like, he didn't want to connect, you know, and get close to other quarterbacks. But he was hugging 12. And, nah, you know, you know Tom Brady doesn't believe in COVID, man. Yeah. Giving him lots of love. So He's got TB, he's got TB12. He's got a treatment for COVID. He's, he's good. Avocado ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yoga 6 a.m. I'll beat it, beat it in two days. It's nothing. <laughs> Avocado ice cream. Don't worry. Just get a scoop of that. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Bears next week, Monday night, like we said, against the Rams. Prime time. Let's go, man. Prime time. We know how Matt gets and the boys get on prime time, so let's keep it moving. Bears 5-1. and one. I am here for, uh, for Big Nick the Quick, for Eli Cabron. I am your host, Sean Little. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. Bears 5-1. and one. No catch us. Sports Talk via Chicago. We out here.